0: I'm weird. You're weird. You're weird. That's so weird. Weird sister. Sister. Weird
1: sister. Weird sister. I'm weird.
0: When did you first learn the word neurodiversity? Did you read it in a book such as Steve Silberman's Best Selling Neurotribes? Which was published in 2015. Maybe you learned the term a little earlier perhaps in Andrew Solomon's 2008 article for New York Magazine on the autism rights movement. Or you could be one of those pioneers who was dialed into the frontiers of psychology at the close of the 20th century when neurocognitive differences were gaining traction as a recognized expression of human genetic variation. Chances are good, though, that you are like many people for whom neurodiversity is a new topic. You might even wonder if neurodiverse is a way to note your own brain anomalies. That neurodivergent might be a helpful adjective to describe your child, your parent, your spouse, or a coworker. To get a better understanding of neurodiversity, we need to step back to the late 1990s and the launch of a new perspective informed by the emerging field of neuroscience. Y2K. Stardate, 1998. Neurodiversity is a neologism, a new word that is gaining traction as our culture develops a greater appreciation for variations in human neurocognition. The term was coined by Australian sociologist Judith Singer in a thesis published at the University of Technology Sydney in 1998. Ms. Singer based her research for that groundbreaking paper on her three-generation family history with autism. The word neurodiversity was picked up by journalist Harvey Bloom and first appears in the media via The Atlantic magazine. That article, Neurodiversity on the Neurological Underpinnings of Geekdom, was about Wired magazine's website, Hotwired and the emerging collective power of geeks. Bloom noted that neurodiversity may be every bit as crucial for the human race as biodiversity is for life in general. Who can say what form of wiring will prove best at any given moment? Cybernetics and computer culture, for example, may favor a somewhat autistic cast of mind. As a social experiment and political movement, Neurodiversity started with autism and Judith Singer's commitment to the call for an anticipation of a politics of neurological diversity or neurodiversity. The neurologically different represents a new addition to the familiar political categories of class, gender, race, and will augment the insights of the social model of disability. The rise of neurodiversity takes postmodern fragmentation one step further, Singer notes. Just as the postmodern era sees every once too solid belief melt into air, even our most taken for granted assumptions, that we all more or less see, feel, touch, hear, smell, and sort information in more or less the same way, unless visibly disabled. These concepts, she felt, We're being dissolved. I think it's important, though, that as we talk about neurodiversity, we keep in mind that two decades into the neurodiversity movement, there are many neurocognitive traits grouped under the term neurodiverse. The majority of the articles, blog posts, and news features one finds on the interwebs pertaining to neurodiversity are indeed on the topic of autism, Asperger's, or autism spectrum disorder. But... Numerous other neurocognitive differences are also forms of neurodiversity, including dyslexia, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, Tourette syndrome, dyspraxia, and developmental speech disorders such as stuttering, among other conditions and traits. Additionally, some brain differences that are currently treated as mental illness, such as bipolar disorder, which shows a high degree of heritability, might better fit under the neurodiversity umbrella. It's also worth noting that individuals with one neurodiverse trait are at significant likelihood for having another neurodiverse trait. For example, synesthesia, one of my favorite topics, is more common in people who are autistic. Synesthesia is a perceptual phenomenon in which stimulation of one sensory pathway or cognitive pathway leads to involuntary experiences in a second sensory or cognitive pathway. One of the most common forms of synesthesia is chromesthesia, where a person perceives sound as visual perception of color. While about 4% of the general population has one or more forms of synesthesia, within the autistic community, About 20% of the population, by some estimates, has synesthesia. So if you're autistic, you're more likely to have synesthesia. And if you have synesthesia, you're more likely to have migraine. And if you have migraine, you're more likely to have Tourette syndrome. And if you have Tourette, you're more likely to have obsessive compulsive disorder. And if you have OCD, you're more likely to be autistic. Neurodivergent brains work in strange ways that are still poorly understood by modern medicine. What is understood by me and other neurodiversity advocates is this. Neurodiversity appears in the human population as variations in the human brain regarding sociability, learning, attention, mood, and other cognitive functions. The neurodiversity movement supports the idea that when we honor these differences and treat them less as pathologies that must match a DSM-5 statistical model and more like natural alterations in cognition, then we destigmatize neurodivergence. Please note, I am not attempting to shun the use of medication, psychotherapy, and assistive technologies as tools to support neurodivergent individuals but I do believe reframing neurocognitive differences as part of the spectrum of human diversity is a benefit for neurodiverse individuals and society at large. From a personal perspective, it's been damn challenging to work with my own brain differences, and I've finally reached a point where I am embracing them. I hope you will embrace yours too. In the coming episodes of the Weird Sister podcast, I'd like to share ways you can support neurodiversity, either your own, or in your efforts to be a neurodiversity ally. For today, if you identify as neurodiverse or if you have a family member, an employee, or neighbor who is neurodiverse, I have one bit of advice for you. Make friends with neurodiversity. If you are neurodiverse, make friends with your own neurodiversity. Recognize it as a natural variation in human neurocognition. This is not to say that neurodivergence is a simple and straightforward experience. Many of my biggest regrets and disappointments in life are tied to my confusion about my own sensorium, my cognition, my consciousness. I have plenty of angst surrounding my neurodivergence, but I've also made friends with it. More specifically, I've made friends with my own neurodiversity by fostering friendships with people who are neurodiverse. There are some lively and supportive neurodiversity groups on Facebook and other social media and there are some fascinating people to follow in the neurodiversity community on Twitter and Instagram. I've created a who to follow list at ccheart.me in my blog post titled Divergent. That's C-C-H-A-R-T M-E. The post title is Divergent. I suggest you also intentionally make friends with people in the neurodiversity community Search the hashtag neurodiversity or neurodivergent to learn about some of the cool neurodiverse folks you can follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or other social media. This is a simple way to expand your neurodiverse community and hear the narratives that aren't typically covered by the mainstream media. My favorite neurodiverse people on social media is composer, musician, and multimedia artist Lucas Masok. We met on Facebook in a group for people who have synesthesia. I've gathered many members of my neurodiverse herd from social media, and Lucas is one of my favorite Cine friends. He's had a fascinating life, including years spent living in a doomsday cult, which he broke free from at the age of 19. Lucas creates avant-garde orchestral soundtracks and music-based synesthetic visual effects. He has two musical acts known as Balmarius and Sia Mori, which have influences from genres such as trailer and soundtrack music, psychedelic music, trip-hop, and EDM.
1: Hey everyone, I'm Lucas and I'm a neurodivergent multimedia artist who makes synesthetic art and avant-garde soundtrack music. I have several forms of synesthesia. I can see color and feel textures from music, emotions, pain, and other physical sensations such as temperature. When I was 15 or 16, I started seeing faint colors from music in my mind's eye. Three years afterwards, I gradually gained the ability to disconnect from this world and temporarily exist as the soundscapes I saw from music. Now I use this ability whenever I sit down to make music. The Mushroom Forest was created with synesthesia in mind. The flutes feel like feathers across my face and look like soft tubes of blue light that have a very friendly personality. The electronic sounds feel a little bit like gravel in my hands and look kind of like white noise, which is surprisingly pleasant. The song itself is about wandering through a forest of mushrooms on an alien planet, and I think it's one of my best as of late. It's also the first track on my new album, Balmarius Remastered, which I highly recommend checking out if you enjoy video game and movie soundtracks.
0: You can learn more about Lucas in the credits for this episode of the Weird Sister podcast and on my neurodiversity blog at ccheart.me. That's c-c-h-a-r-t dot M-E. And on bandcamp.com, you can find his epic Balmarius Remastered, a distillation of over 7,000 hours of creative work condensed into five hours of near pristine audio. Thanks for joining me today on the Weird Sister podcast. I hope you've connected with the origins of the neurodiversity movement and I encourage you to make friends with your own weird sister ways. In episode three, we'll explore the word weird, its linguistic history, and how we can take what was once an epithet and make it our badge of honor. I blog about neurodiversity at ccheart.me, and links to social media are on my website, Please say hello on Twitter or Instagram. The Weird Sister podcast is only possible with the awesome support of my audio producer, Stacey Denick. May the weird be with you.